Greetings, coming at you from Helms Deep, Texas. Uh, that is the, the pseudonym I'll give for my redoubt here in the Lone Star State, taken from, of course, the classic Lord of the Rings works from Tolkien. Hope you're having a wonderful day. This is your humble and obedient servant, Andrew Thomas, here with the Resurgence Podcast for this wonderful first week of May 2023, the year of our Lord, 2023. Thank you for joining me. I try to give you the straight scoop where others don't. A lot of people are trying to pedal sunshine where we have tremendous challenges ahead of us and and others frankly just want to go over the rhino talking points you hear that a lot on fox news i've invaded against that lately as they sacked tucker carlson and revealed their true colors i'm not trying to audition to get on fox news and get my ticket punched unlike many others i'm at a situation where i just want to give you the straight scoop in the battle against the evildoers and their rhino collaborators those who are trying to destroy this country destroy the values that this country was founded on and frankly undo our civilization what i do hope to do is elucidate a few things today in these ongoing battles and i'd like to start with uh, discussing further my article which came out yesterday on the resurgent substack and which is generating some discussion. In my article, I made the broad point that President Donald Trump is in a great deal of trouble, far more than people are, I think, confronting at the moment. In my article, which had a somewhat dark overtone, I think legitimately so, I go into what is coming at President Trump, because we're not hearing much about that. We hear these sporadic reports about he's on trial for for sexual assault in New York, and the federal prosecutor, Jack Smith, is doing this and that and subpoenaing witnesses. But I try to pull all this together so that people are fully prepared emotionally and personally for what is coming. This is something of the calm before the storm, even as, as stormy as it has been. And that's a terrible pun, given the first indictment that he has faced. But there's a lot more coming at this president, and it has grave implications for all patriots, for the rule of law, for the future of our country and our civilization. And I try to pull all that together in the article by pointing out he's likely to be under a number of indictments when he's running for president. They're trying to destroy him as as the main spokesman for the resistance to the ruling class. And these are dark times. These are very tough times. We, we have to recognize that and we can't sugarcoat it. And let's just change the subject to, oh, well, uh, we've, we want a redistricting battle in North Carolina. And this Democrat's being accused of this and that. Well, that's fine. But I try to keep my eye on the ball. We are facing some very difficult trends and we need to have some folks who are straightforward about it and trying to marshal our resources and prepare battle plans so that we can fight back and ultimately win. And that's not going to get me on Fox News, particularly when I'm criticizing them for sacking Tucker Carlson and frankly loading up their lineup with a, a bunch of hosts who give rhino talking points and make it sound conservative every night, which is the same spiel we've been hearing for decades, those of us who've been around following American politics for decades. And these trends have been going on for a long time. And I connected all the dots in regard to the war on President Trump and what it means for the future of our republic. So I urge you to to read that article uh, that came out yesterday, Something Very Wicked is Coming for Trump, is the title of it. 
But I'd like to go into some more specifics about a couple of the points made in the article. I have not yet seen anybody connect all the dots and fully develop what this means for our republic and the rule of law. So let me turn then to some of the points made in the article and just spelling out more what is going to happen to President Trump and what it means for all of us. I want to drill down a little more into the Georgia case. You've undoubtedly heard about the investigation that's ongoing in Fulton County, Georgia. That's where Atlanta is. And it's alleged that President Trump has committed crimes by interfering in the elections in Georgia, by making phone calls and trying to strong-arm people, and somehow this was criminal, and a lot of it boils down to a phone call that President Trump and some of his advisors made to the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, on January 2nd, 2021. And I want to analyze this more, because I haven't really seen that much on the right. For that matter, on the left, they they just say, oh, well, President Trump, he, he, he was engaging in, in all kinds of criminal conduct by making these phone calls and isn't this terrible. I think it's important to actually read the transcript of this phone call. Actually look at the facts. Look at what was said in this phone call. There is a transcript of the phone call. You can Google it. It's available from a number of sources. And when you take the time to do that and you see how utterly flimsy the left's line of attack is against President Trump for this. And this is supposedly the, the, the huge one of the one of the whopper cases that they've got coming down the pike against President Trump. It illustrates how weak their arguments are, how dishonest they are, but also the grave peril that President Trump faces, because if they can turn what he did in trying to get to the bottom of election chicanery, as, as he perceived it, and a lot of people perceived it as president of the United States, if that can be turned into crimes, then our rule of law is crumbling before our eyes. So I'd like to do that and then talk about the ramifications of the phone call and the investigation the district attorney in Fulton County, Fannie Willis, is leading this investigation. She's already impaneled a special grand jury. They've issued a, a report. That's kind of the final steps before indictments are issued. She's indicated that decisions will be made, charging decisions, as she said, will be made in the latter half of the summer of this year, 2023. So that's the landscape. And again, the president is being accused of illegal election interference of various sorts. He's being threatened with a racketeering complaint. But if we look at this transcript, if we analyze what was actually said, it is quite interesting. On January 2nd, 2021, a call was put through by the White House and President Trump and a number of advisors, including Mark Meadows, who was his chief of staff there at the end of his administration, to the Secretary of State of Georgia, Brad Raffensperger, and some of his aides. And it's quite a fascinating transcript. It is not at all what the left-wing fake news media have told you happened, and, uh, and not not surprising. But and if you don't, you may not have time to read through it. I just want to give you some of the highlights because I think it's very important that we recognize what's going on here. The first thing that stands out when you read this transcript of this call in which President Trump supposedly tries to strong arm the Georgia Secretary of State into finding votes, that's what's alleged, that he he just wants to find votes so he can win the election at any cost, regardless of the truth, regardless of how the votes were actually cast. That's what's alleged, essentially, against President Trump. And when you read this transcript, a couple things stand out. Number one, it was a chaotic mess of a phone call. President Trump jumps around and changes topics repeatedly. He's obviously very agitated, as you would expect. He felt he'd been cheated out of the election. He repeatedly interrupts 
and, and somewhat belittles, unfortunately, a very distinguished attorney who was trying to help him named Cleta Mitchell. She was at a major law firm, has been involved with the National Rifle Association, many conservative and Republican causes over the years. And Mitchell keeps trying to pin down the Georgia Secretary of State with questions, but unfortunately, Trump keeps interrupting her, and so those lines of questions are, are stopped, and which is, is very unfortunate. President Trump has, I think it's fair to say, a, a somewhat loose command of the facts, which is a little bit normal for him. It's so, somewhat endearing for those of us who like him. He he, he does talk, uh, kind of talk a big talk, a, a P.T. Barnum talk at, at times, but but then he ends up delivering, essentially, on what he, he says he will do, which is, which is why so many of us uh, have such great respect for him. He, so you you have to read the transcript recognizing that Trump is Trump throughout all this but he he knows he's been wronged and he's trying to get to the bottom of things and he's very upset as one might imagine Mark Meadows at one point early in the phone call again the chief of staff for Trump at the time president Trump's he's very respectful toward the secretary of state Raffensperger in Georgia he says at one point quote Mr Secretary obviously there is there are allegations where we believe that not every vote or fair vote and legal vote was counted, and that's at odds with the representation from the Secretary of State's office. What I'm hopeful for is there's some way that we can find some kind of agreement to look at this a little bit more fully, and then they go from there. Raffensperger then responds with basically the talking points of the left and the rhinos, which is, well, the courts haven't done anything. He basically says, we've had, quote, we've had several lawsuits and we've had to respond in court to the lawsuits and the contentions. We don't agree that you have won, end quote. And so he takes takes a very hard line and he is, is fairly dismissive of President Trump. And President Trump goes on to talk about it. He makes a number of allegations that people came in from other states and cast votes in Georgia. And the president says because of the size of his rallies and other anecdotal evidence that he won the election, cites a number of things along those lines. He says that uh, dead people voted. Raffensperger responds that there were only two dead people who voted. That's all they could find. And Cleta Mitchell speaks up and very intelligently puts to Raffensperger a series of, of questions when she's allowed to. She's unfortunately interrupted a number of times, but she says, quote, we have asked from your office for records that only you have. And so we said there is a universe of people who have the same name and same birth year and died, but we don't have the records that you have. This is in reference to trying to find out if dead people had voted. Then unfortunately, President Trump interrupts her, but that very pertinent question is never really answered. It's not, not answered uh, satisfactorily at all. Then they get to the video taken at a vote tabulation center where it, it appears that ballots had, had been run in and uh, Rudy Giuliani had, had spoken about it. And this, this was happening amidst a water main break that supposedly had happened. Very curious number of events. Raffensperger says, well, you need to look at the full video. And we sent that to a local TV station in Atlanta. And he says the events that transpired are nowhere near what was projected by, you know. And then Trump interjects, but where were the poll watchers, Brad? There were no poll watchers there. There were no Democrats or Republicans. There was no security there. President Trump goes on to ask about the water main that broke. 
Trump gives a number of allegations. Raffensperger ends up responding to one of them. He doesn't respond to the water main scenario. He just says, quote, we did an audit of that and we proved conclusively that they were not scanned three times, end quote. He's referring to votes that supposedly were counted multiple times. And then he just says, in regard to the video of what happened during the vote counting and when the poll watchers were gone, quote, Mr. President, we'll send you the link from WSB. That's the local station in Atlanta. It has the full video. Now, then Cleta Mitchell speaks up and Cleta Mitchell says that she's seen the tape, the full tape. And then she says, quote, they made everybody leave. We have sworn affidavit saying that. And then they began to process ballots. And our estimate is that there were roughly 18,000 ballots. And then again, unfortunately, President Trump interrupts her. And there was never a satisfactory explanation for what happened in the State Farm video with the ballots are trucked in and counted when the poll watchers have been evicted because of this curious water main break. So unfortunately, we have a transcript in which Raffensperger is allowed not to answer some of the key questions that Trump supporters still have about what happened in Georgia. But what they want to focus on, what the left wants to focus on, is this one line where President Trump says, quote, all I want to do is this. I just want to find 11,780 votes which is one more than we have because we won the state, end quote. And so his point is he wants to, quote unquote, find those votes. But that, that, that has been taken out of context by the left. And I, I want to explain why. And I'll do that here in a moment. Just to wrap up the transcript, you, you of course, can read it online. There are a number of sources. It's not hard to find if you Google it. But it, the, the meeting wraps up with Cleta Mitchell complaining about the fact that Raffensperger just punting to the courts and saying, well, the courts haven't done anything is unfair because she says at one point, quote, what the president is saying and what we've been trying to do is to say, look, the court is not acting on our petition. They haven't even assigned a judge. But the people of Georgia and the people of America have a right to know the answers. And you have data and records that we don't have access to. And you keep telling us and making public statements that you investigated this and nothing to see here. But we don't know about that. End quote. She goes on to talk about the video at the State Farm Arena. She says, quote, I don't have any report. I've never seen a report of an investigation. End quote. And so Mitchell and Trump's team have all these questions. They're not able to get straightforward answers. And the phone call ends with basically a, an agreement that the attorneys will discuss this further. Raffensperger ends the call, I thought somewhat dismissively, by saying, thank you, President Trump, for your time. And so it's, from the standpoint of Trump supporters, a very unsatisfactory call. It consists of a secretary of state who is behaving as a rhino. Raffensperger comes across as dismissive of Trump, quite arrogant at times. He knows courts are on his side and the rhino establishment is on his side and Trump is on his way out of the Oval Office, largely due to such tactics and alliances. Cleta Mitchell repeatedly asks for information that's been denied Trump's team. She questions the ouster of the poll watchers during the water pipe break, supposedly. When ballots are being counted, 18,000, she identifies. She seeks information about the residency and the life status of residents because there were allegations that people were voting from other states. Basically, Raffensperger, when told that the courts aren't acting and they need his help, he, he blows them off. He refuses to give them access to the data, essentially. It's, well, we'll just have the lawyers talk about it. And so that's how it ends. 
So let's get back to this quote where President Trump supposedly wants to just find a certain number of votes so that he can win the state. Well, that is taken out of context, and I haven't read everything in the interest of time. But earlier in the phone call, President Trump is saying that he believes he won the state by hundreds of thousands of votes. He feels he's been robbed, and he thinks he won by a lot. But what he's saying is he doesn't care about the margin. He's saying he will settle for that number of votes so that he can rightfully receive which is what is his, which is the victory in Georgia and the electoral votes. It's totally taken out of context. If you read this, it's it's not that he was saying, well, find me these votes and he's strong arming this Republican secretary of state is just trying to do his job. It's that, look, I've, I won by hundreds of thousands of votes, but I'll settle for these because I won the state and that's all he's interested in. So it's been completely taken out of context. I hope that the grand jury is savvy enough to see through all that, but the grand jury is being run by this left-wing district attorney who's already announced charging decisions are coming and be prepared for acts of violence, so it's pretty clear where that's going. One other thing, the President of the United States has a First Amendment right, just like every other citizen, to petition the government for redress of grievances. That is one of the five freedoms listed in the First Amendment, the right to petition for redress of grievances, which includes, by the way, the right to lobby. You can hire a lobbyist or you can write a letter. You can call your congressman. He has that right, too. And there is nothing that prevents him from calling an elected official in Georgia just because he's president and saying, look, I think I was robbed. We want this information. And that's essentially what he was attempting to do. And to try to turn that into a crime shows just how far the left is willing to do to just bastardize the First Amendment and uh, destroy our freedoms in order to wipe out anybody who stands in their way. And it is disgusting. And just, just pick up the First Amendment. You'll see what I'm saying. One final point on the Georgia investigation that I think is very important to show the danger of it. Not only has the First Amendment been ignored and trashed here, not only are they just ginning up stuff to try to get Trump in Georgia, but they have a bipartisan gloss to this, the left does. Fannie Willis, the district attorney, the left-wing Democrat in Fulton County, she has two prominent witnesses she can call, and they are Brian Kemp, the rhino governor of Georgia, and Brad Raffensperger, the rhino secretary of state in Georgia, who I've just referred to. He was in that phone call. Willis has these allies, these witnesses to come in and provide a bipartisan gloss to try to get Trump. And if, if she's willing to, to do that and use that, and by all appearances she is, it's a very difficult situation for President Trump, for the attorneys around him, and we can only brace ourselves for what's coming in the latter half of the summer of this year. Well, that's it for this episode of the Resurgence Podcast. I told you you're going to learn things here that you're not going to hear from others, either because they're, they don't have the guts to say it, or they'd, they'd rather talk about things that a lot of times are more frivolous, or their focus is elsewhere. But I'm going to continue to try to give you the straight scoop, particularly on this terrible freight train that is heading toward President Trump and our republic. I want to thank you so much for joining me. If you haven't yet subscribed, please do subscribe to my Resurgence podcast. It is free, and you also will get my articles twice a week for free. That's on uh, the Resurgence uh, Substack, and the link should be on your podcast provider uh, wherever you're listening. Thank you again for listening. Keep the faith and keep on trucking. May your day be full of green lights and blue skies, and we will talk to you again next week. <laughs>